That's what Josh Fowler does. Is it? Hi, hey everybody. Oh, sorry. Hey guys. Oh, you go. All right. Hey, everybody. Ron and Randy show. It's been a, it's been a, a minute, but we are back at it. Ron's looking good. He's got a baseball cap on from Bucky's. Bucky's. Texas Institution. Who, that's right. Texas hoodie. I'm I'm okay, decked out. And- all geared up, man. <laughs> if anybody, I'm ready for Texas. I'm yeah. ready for Texas. Yeah. So if anybody's in Texas driving through and they've never been to Bucky's, highly recommended. It is the most highly. obnoxious gas station known to man. I How wouldn't many- use a obnoxious that's the word you're gonna pick i would say glorious okay i would say enlightening yeah i would say pleasant but yeah maybe there's a lot yeah there's a 40 foot wall of meat yeah random meats to at least 40 feet how many different flavors of fudge is there are there at At bucky at bucky's enough that's the answer enough there's enough to choose from more than six yeah it's uh bucky's is pretty cool it's it's really cool ron yes sir you look great you look great man you look handsome the coffee's really hot so we talk on a regular basis um about once every quarter we talk no but we were talking the other day and you've been doing this for how long as long YouTube. as I can remember. Oh, YouTube? Um, yeah. Like eight years. Eight yeah, I years. think eight years. Yeah. And like, take me through like, what, why did you start? And where did you start? And with what did you start with? As far as like gear and stuff. My, okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that's unacceptable. Me. I'm sorry. Welcome yeah, to Texas. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. You can't what put your do. phone on silent. Um, okay, so my earliest systems were, I mean, I, I went through a couple of different stereo systems, and it was it was the kind of stuff that you would you would kind of expect to see of you know, a young man that doesn't have much money. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be creative. So it would be like, you know, thrift store towers. And and this is before the channel, right? Yeah. And then maybe another tower on that tower, right? Maybe another one on that one. And then wire them all together because why wouldn't you? Yeah. In parallel or series, like an obelisk. Yes. A thrift store obelisk of speakers, A a thrift store. Yeah, so like that would be like an example, like a rough example. Um, Do you remember any brands or models? That's the thing is, you know, this is a great question because the truth is it didn't matter to me back then. I wasn't brand centric or thinking about brands. I was truly like I was in love with music. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, music meant a lot to me as a young man. It was around the Seattle scene um era and grunge and pearl jam and all that kind of stuff and nirvana and smashing pumpkins and the list goes on and on and a lot of that music was just life changing and transformative for me so i didn't really give a rip about brands or what was the first seattle area band that really resonated with you and you were like whoa this is different yeah so my oldest brother sean um he was kind of the black sheep in the family. He was kind of a rebel and he lived out in our garage and he had like guns and roses posters up on the wall and stuff like that. A bit of a, a rocker, if you will. And I remember, I remember there was one night I was finishing up dinner. I was alone. I was the last one to eat. And he, and he came in from the garage and he threw a cassette deck on the table and he said, Hey bro, check that out. And it was Pearl jam 10. Oh, yeah. And so I, I grabbed this cassette and I had one of those little yellow Sony Walkmans, you know, mm-hmm. and waterproof, which was really handy because you listen to music when you swim a lot. And yeah, so that was river. fun. That was a lot of fun. I did that a lot. I yeah. use that feature quite a bit. Yeah. Um, 
And so I threw in this cassette. I pressed play. I got on my little 10 speed that I had stolen. I used to be kind of a, a thief back in the day, but that's a different story. I stole a 10 speed. I got I, on it. There still might be a warrant out for that. You may be careful. <laughs> I want to be careful. I was a real punk kid. Um, and so I got on this 10 speed and I just start going around the block a couple of times. Well, Alive, the song Alive kicks on and there was just, it was, everything clicked. The sound, the wind, me probably riding at least 65 miles an hour. I mean, if I was to guess, if I was a betting at man, it's probably at yeah. least that. It's probably and a conservative dude, number. Conservative number. Yeah. And I'm just like, the sound of that guitar and the sound of the drums and the, it, it was just like, wow. And the resolve in the chorus and how big it sounded, it was just, I was blown away. So that was a huge moment in time for me in terms of, you know, like a song or a band. Pearl Jam had a huge influence on me early on. What about you? Oh, yeah. The easy. This isn't easy. So <clears throat> I, I played football and I started uh, working out at a pretty young age. And I started hanging out with guys that were older than me that were working out. And there was a little fitness center in our little town and it was in the basement and they had, you know, a little stack of stereo stuff. And then, you, you know, you could put in your cassettes or whatever and listen to the music. And I remember the guy's name, Chuck Wines. And uh, he goes, have you ever heard of Alice in Chains? Oh, and I said, uh, I go, Alice Cooper. He's like, no, Alice in Chains. And I think this was, this had to have been 89 or 90. Cause I actually think facelift came out in 89 and he put in that record face facelift and it was like the guitar riffs and it was like junk junk and the man in the box. And uh, at that point, you know, I had, I had been mostly listening to, uh, you know, Van Halen guns and roses um, I was listening to some of the thrash metal stuff, Anthrax, and, um, you know, of course, Metallica. And, yeah. but it was one of those things where it was like, I knew thrash metal. I knew what I considered to be kind of the, the rock rate, the radio rock stuff. Yeah. That was out there. Mm -hmm. But I'd never heard anything like this. Yeah. And, and I was hooked um, immediately. And I, I immediately went out and bought that cassette. Yeah. And, um, uh, that was kind of it. And then like, never mind, kind of broke through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like everything was like a household name. Yeah. Soundgarden, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yeah. Alice in Chains was kind of not as like prominent, but they were still there. Yeah. Um, Temple of the Dog. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it just was like a, a floodgate opened. Yeah. Yeah. And I what were, what was some of your earliest like systems or rigs, oh, if yeah. you will? I'm sure they were Macintosh. Did you go just straight to Macintosh in the early days? Yeah, I used a Macintosh two computer with a floppy disk. <laughs> no, my first system, and actually, I have, I found one on eBay and I bought it. Uh, my first system was a used realistic receiver. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing started. I wanted to get a CD player. And yeah. it really started before that, though. I started with a Walkman, um, yeah. and it was a knockoff Walkman. It wasn't a Sony. Yeah. And then I wanted a CD player, and this was probably mid to maybe 85, 86. Yeah. And they had some at Walmart, Emerson brand. So Walmart had an Emerson brand that I think was a house brand of electronics. And I got one for Christmas. And I knew that I needed something with an RCA input because that's how you get the sound out of the CD player. Yeah. And they had little furniture stores, and in each little furniture store, they had a tiny little hi-fi section to where you could buy some stuff. Anyway, the local place had this uh, used realistic receiver. I looked at it probably a dozen times. The guy finally came up to me. He's like, hey, you know, if you give me 75 bucks, you can take this home. So I scrounged up 75 bucks, got that, got a pair of uh, Kenwood Towers, yeah. And uh, had my Emerson CD player and then some dual cassette player. I don't remember the brand, but that's uh, that's how I started with what I would consider to be my first hi-fi system. 
You know, we were talking about this on the phone the other day, and I think we can answer this question. I want you to go first that, you know, if you were to go back to your roots, if you were to go back to that system right now, knowing what you know now, experiencing, like, I think you're 376 different bookies that you've reviewed, at least minimum. That's, yeah. that's probably conservative as well. Yeah. Um, if you were to go backwards in time and you were to sit down and listen to that first system, do you think that you would turn your nose up to it? Or do you think that you would still enjoy what you heard out of that first system? I think I could still enjoy it. And I think a lot of it has to do with number one, that receiver has a loudness button and it has tone controls. Yeah. So there still is a lot of, um, I don't know, leeway, freedom to kind of tailor the sound to what it was. And and I think they probably designed around that because they knew that maybe the speakers weren't perfect or, or yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah. I think I would still enjoy it. I Now, I think the DAC and the CD player was probably pretty substandard, $130 DAC and a or a hundred and thirty dollar CD player with its own DAC from nineteen eighty five or eighty six, probably not the best DAC in the yeah. world. So I may turn my nose up at that, mm. but uh, back then, man, it didn't matter. It was yeah. I was just loving life, you know, listening yeah. to as much different music. What about you? Yeah, I've been thinking about it since we talked on the phone, and and the answer is yes, and I know it's yes. Um, Matter of fact, I, I just know it would be. And the reason why I can say that with so much confidence is, you know, I have never been to a friend's house and I've been invited to a, you know, not as much now since we're out in Texas, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but friends' houses and, you know, audiophile friends or, you know, music buddies. And it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to me. Whatever system they had put together, impressive or not impressive i've always just sat down and enjoyed it i've it, there's never been a moment at least for me and maybe this is just part of my dna or whatever where i put my nose up to it saying oh you should do this or you should do that never it's actually been hey this is awesome you know and we start talking about music rarely are we talking about gear but we're talking about kind of like the conversation that we're having like what was your first experience like and how did you get into music and what kind of stuff are you into? And I don't know if you feel the same way that I do, but one of the things that I enjoy the most hanging out with other audiophile friends or, you know, people that are into music is finding out what they're listening to, like discovering right. new stuff and like adding stuff to my playlist. I love that more than talking about their gear or their latest stack or whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't care about that. I I want to discover new music, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm, <clears throat> if I have a bias, it's actually a bias against expensive stuff. Yeah. I, I went to a viewer's house one time and he had some very expensive speakers. Yeah. And the first thing he turned on was, um, uh, it was a track where there's like ping pong balls falling around and stuff. And I, uh, hand to God, I'm serious. And it was pretty impressive, but I was listening to the gear, not the music. And yeah. I mean, I get this hobby and I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have jobs or we wouldn't be doing yeah. YouTube if people weren't really interested in, in the equipment. And, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. But it was, um, I would have rather had some ratty old, you know, pioneer speakers or something rocking out to, some bootleg of Van Halen or Def Leppard, yeah. you know, then listening to a really expensive set of speakers with ping pong balls dancing around the, the room. And it was cool. It was impressive. Yeah. I know the track. Well, that I started, I laughed. I was like, oh, I know exactly what track that is. That's bubbles oh, from yeah, Yoshi, Yoshi Horikawa. He's a binaural record. I love that track because it's like all this crazy stuff happening. And yeah, he probably watched New Record Day and yeah. ha heard me playing it or talking about it. Oh, I tell you, I'm a bad influence, Randy. No, you're not. What about <laughs> you? I mean, 
So you've you've had a huge journey. You were one of the original audio YouTubers. Yeah. And so you've had an opportunity to do all of this stuff. Is there anything that you've you've kind of you've you've done now where it's kind of like, oh, this is just uh, acceptable truth? Is there mm. anything that you think of, okay, this is how I think about it now and this is how I think about it then and kind of check yourself and be like, man, does does that really matter? Do we really need this? Yeah. Yeah, many times. I think that, um, you know, it's like lessons that you learn over and over again, you know, throughout your journey. And I think that there was a point in time when you kind of had this moment that I loved you. I loved you going through this, actually, where you're like starting to buy some of these older vintage receivers and amps. I did the same thing, like a midpoint in my journey after even experiencing some pretty highfalutin stuff, like, you know, pretty high end pricey items i i did exactly what you did and i went on e because i was like i remember having an old silver face Marantz. i remember that thing sounding really freaking good what was i right or is it just more nostalgia like right. is am yeah. i is that what i'm chasing and i did the exact same thing that you did i started you know picking up some older receivers and cycling through them again i was like no, I was right. Yeah, these they, were really good. These were really, really good. You know, yeah. and sometimes you're going to have issues with caps failing Absolutely. and things like that. Noise and things like it's, that. It's kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest. But, you know, you get a good one that still works, man. No doubt about it. Like, that was that was truly like a golden era of hi-fi. And the amount of effort and work and passion that was being put into that stuff, it was a big deal because... You know, it's it was a different music was treated differently then than it's being treated now. And it's like record stores and record shops cared about their customers and wanted to get to know them and turn them on to new music. And when you drop the needle on something, it was intentional, meaning mm -hmm. you're going to listen to music. And so everything that like it was a part of life, right? You know, and so yeah, there's been I guess that, you know, that would be lesson number one is here's a big one. Expensive doesn't mean amazing. It can, but mm -hmm. it doesn't. One plus one doesn't equal two in that scenario every time. Right. Right. Um, often one in that scenario, one plus one equals zero. Like you actually went backwards. Like you just bought something that's expensive and it's actually not that great. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that would be a big lesson that I've learned is don't think just because your deck is $500 and you love it and you have no problems with it. If cheap audio man is saying, Hey, this thousand dollar deck is a cat's pajamas. Don't think just because it's more expensive that it's better. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he's saying about how it sounds like, how is, how is he hearing it? And then you, you do the math like, okay, well, I, I think I'm actually hearing in my system, in my deck, everything that he's talking about. So maybe that $500 difference might be better used somewhere else. Yeah, go buy, wanna, go buy 20 records. Go buy a, a little yellow waterproof Sony Walkman on eBay. You know, go buy that, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's few moving parts in there, so I'm sure it works perfectly after all these years. So that, that would be a big one. I have many more, but I want to hear, what about you? I mean, you know, I... You know, I haven't been doing this nearly as long as you have, bro. Yeah, but your experience is paramount. I mean, it's it's you've ran through so many products that, you know, we can't discredit that. And I think that a large part, I've never said this on camera and I'll say it now, I don't believe in a golden ear. I think that's a, a load of horse nuggets. It's just garbage. Horse. To, horse nuggets. Yeah. I don't believe in a golden ear. What I do believe in is an experienced ear. I do believe in that, that somebody that has gone through enough stuff that they have practiced, you know, training their ear to hear enough things that over mm -hmm. time, they're mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm picking up on some differences here. I believe that's true, right? I think that is a good ear, right? Yeah. So you've had a lot of experience. So, I mean, what, have you, you know, like learned some lessons? Have you... What would you say? 
Um, I have, and it, it, I think a lot of it has to do with what I used to think my preferences were and what mm. I was drawn to before and into what I kind of stick to now. And that has to do with mostly with frequency responses associated with speakers. Yeah. Where okay. in the past, if something was sparkly and punchy, I was automatically drawn to it. Mm. And, and I've come to find out over, over the last year and, and, you know, listening to dozens of speakers really, um, that if I like it in the first five minutes, chances are I'm not going to like it after the first five hours or the first mm. five days. So it's almost like a, a kind of a litmus test of something out of the box just as like, wow, this is incredible. After a bit, you know, it, it kind of starts to wear on me. And usually it's in the, the almost always it's a fatigue issue. Mm. So it will be something that I listen to it after a while and I just can't listen anymore. And I have a yeah. very sensitive, you know, 1500 2k to 4k area in my hearing. And sometimes I won't even notice it. And I've been watching a lot of home theater and I'll get done watching a movie and I'll be like, whoa, okay. I just shot my hearing out and I have to rest. Or I have to listen at very, very low levels to kind of get that to reset. But I find that if a speaker is maybe not offensive, but a little bit unremarkable initially, that mm -hmm. after time, I really start to enjoy that speaker later on and start to peel the onion back. And I used to think that, oh, I can listen to a speaker. If it's broken in and everything's good, I can listen to a speaker and I can come up with a conclusion in a couple hours. Yeah. Now I just don't think I don't I don't agree with that. I think it's it's more nuanced and I have to spend more time listening to more and uh and in different rooms too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably the one thing that I've learned is if it sounds if it sounds really good out of the box. And I'll give you an example. So before the channel ever started, I went to Best Buy, the Magnolia section, and they had the Kefs Kef Q150s, Q350s, the ELAC debut B6, the first gen Andrew mm -hmm. Jones at ELAC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, some definitive technology. You know, DevTech? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was going back and forth and I kept coming back to the DevTechs. And so I ended up buying the DevTechs and I brought them home and I thought they're okay, they're great and everything. Later on, somehow I found a screaming deal on the ELAC B6s, and I brought those home. And immediately I knew that they sounded very different. Yeah. But, but what I did notice about them, even though they sounded different, maybe not to my taste in the showroom, they threw a huge soundstage. And that was yeah. the first time I'm just like, I experienced a level of imaging and soundstage that I'd only experienced before on like a five-channel system. Like I yeah. never really experienced that with music before. Yeah, I could get a center image, but it was turning the head moment with me. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I was like, okay, if I like something in the showroom, chances are I might not like it at home. And I thought that the Elex were far and away the better speaker uh, yeah. than the Deftex. So that was a lesson that I kind of learned. Yeah, that's good, man. I... And just to reinforce what you're saying, I, I worked for Circuit City and Best Buy. And in both scenarios, I worked in the audio department. And on those panels, you know, you would go into the room and hang out with the customers. They were always picking the same speakers every single time. And it was always the speaker that had the most bass and had the most top end, the most treble. It's like always not like, and we wouldn't even like, you wouldn't even try anymore. You would just walk in and click that one and be like, Oh wow, yeah, I'll take those. You know? What was it? Do you remember the speaker? I'm trying to remember. I think that back so at Circuit City, um, we had what's called the salon room, and the number one there was it was an infinity speaker, and I think it was the infinity beta or alpha, and it was a big tower, aluminum dome tweeter, and it just it just it got gotcha. you. It got gotcha. you. It got you. It got you excited for about five minutes, and then you want to 
smash your head into a wall. Like, I'm done, you know? But as long as you keep them in there less than five minutes, then they're going to buy the speakers. And there you go. <laughs> what about, um, I know, I know this comes up a lot with my patrons. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I literally just, I go, that's a wrong question. Oh, boy. Room treatment. And I know that some people, and I, I hear this a lot, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with it, but sometimes I think it might be overemphasized. People say, well, you're hearing the room. You're hearing the room. You're just hearing the room. And they put a ton of emphasis on room treatment. And I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss or 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 poo-poo on room treatment. I'm not trying to put horse nuggets on room treatment. I have listened, I have you've been to my house. So I yeah. listen down in the living room. I'll listen upstairs. I'll listen in my office and I'll listen to my bedroom, all of which yeah. have vastly different sizes, shapes, acoustic properties, and things like that. Totally. Yeah. Most of my experience is more similar than it is different when it comes to room treatment. If we're having like a really honest and, and I'm not talking about th this person lives in a cement bunker. If, if somebody has a, a regular house, how much emphasis should they put on room treatment and where in the line of priority should that, that lie? If they're creating a, a, a better, or maybe their ultimate, not, not even ultimate, if they're creating a good hi-fi system, how much emphasis should be put on room treatment? That's a really good question. Um, the first thing that I would say out of the gate is, no amount of room treatment that you're going to invest in, no amount is going to fix a bad room. Like, if the room itself is not going to lend itself to the right dimensions, whatever, right, you could go out and you could spend thousands and thousands of dollars of room treatment and load it in there. It's not going to fix it. Right. I mean, you may move the needle, you know, a couple of notches one way or another. Um, so I think that the first thing that I would say is and, and don't get my words twisted. I'm not I'm not discouraging anybody from investing in room treatment in a lot of different scenarios. But I am going to tell you that I can say with full confidence there's going to be some issues in that room that no amount of room treatment is going to fix. And the reason I can say that with confidence is because I've lived it. I've done it. And in a previous home, you know, I had, I had some, uh, some room mode issues around 40 hertz, really low bass issues. It was elevated by like 16 dB. We're talking, it would get crazy excited. So me not knowing what I was doing at that time and having some extra money, I reached out to GIK Acoustics and they sold me a whole bunch of bass traps and a whole bunch of stuff to throw on the walls. And, you know, thank goodness I have a wife that's very understanding that allowed me to put up all of this treatment. It did squat. It did. It wouldn't even touch the problem that I had. Now, did it fix some other stuff? Yes, it did. But a big misconception is everybody wants this like silver bullet with room treatment. Like this is just going to fix everything. No, it's not. That's not what it's going to do. So that would be the first thing that I would say out of the gates. Um, I would say that, you know, another thing that is, is troubling is if you are going to invest in room treatment and you do have the, the room dimensions and you have the desire to do it and the ability to do it, throwing up two panels on the wall is not room treatments. And so again, you have to be thinking like, it's called room treatments for a reason that you have to treat the entirety of the room. Throwing up two panels is not going to cut it. And so it's kind of an, it's, I see what you're saying and I, I completely agree with you. And I think that what it stems from is bad advice from folks that don't really understand what treatment does in the first place and companies that are just simply trying to sell you stuff. Like mm -hmm. they just, they just want to load your walls with a bunch of stuff and they're not really hearing you when you say, because I sent them. I, I'm not trash talking GIK. I want to be clear about this, but I sent them diagrams. I I did REW measurements. I, I was I've got base 
problems down low. Yeah. And the first thing that I wish they had said what was, hey, listen, we can sell you a whole bunch of bass traps and things like that. Those frequencies are so low that the stuff that we're going to be selling you, it's not going to do much with that. Now, any kind of slapback echo, any kind of weird reverb that you're hearing, anything like that, if the room sounds too lively, you have tile on the ground, it's going to help with that. I wish mm -hmm. they had said that because it would have got, you know, correct my expectations and things like that. Yeah. Um, last thing, and then I'll shut up. We, I think the audiophiles and hi-fi enthusiasts, they often think of room treatments as they have to go out and buy panels. No, you don't. First of all, you can make them yourself, and it's a heck of a lot cheaper. And two, you don't even necessarily need panels. It's just about solving a problem, meaning if you move into a room and there is nothing but hard surfaces, tile, hard walls, everything is hard surfaces, start thinking of soft things to put in the room. Not necessarily panels, but hey, let's lay down a big thick carpet. Let's put down a couch. Let's put up stuff in here that will soak up that bean, bean bag. Bean bag. There you go. And so um, that's another big issue that I see is a lot of folks get in this trap of thinking, oh man, room treatments, these panels are so freaking expensive and I need diffusers and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, if you want to do a dedicated listening room, then we can have that conversation. But if we're talking about just like a bedroom or, you know, something really modest and simple, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing yeah. right now? You know, how much do you think, like if someone's putting a, a priority on it and they're starting from scratch and they're not in a, a bunker, how much do you think they should invest in a room treatment? If any, I think that what they, Here's here's how I would help that person. I would ask them what's wrong. And if they can't answer me, like they can't be very specific, like I keep hearing this, then I, I call BS. It's like you, you've got the audiophile syndrome of you just want to buy something that you right. think is going to do something magical, yeah. but you haven't isolated like a problem in the room, you know? And so it kind of cracks me up anytime that I talk to people about room treatments or like, hey, man, I saw that video where you talked about room treatments. Like, what do I need? And I'm like, you're already asking the wrong question. <laughs> like, you, you should tell me what you need based on what you hear and what, like, I mean, I've had so many guys that I'm like, have you taken measurements of the room? Like, do you know what your reverb and decay rates are? Do you know what your frequency response graphs look like with different speakers and different areas in the room. And uh, I, I'm not into measurements. I don't do anything like that. <laughs> you know, How like, would you like, take me through real quick and uh, like not too much detail. Like if you're going to yeah. measure your room with Rue. Yeah. Like how would you, yeah. yeah. How would you know what issues to start to take a look at? Or try to yeah, that's fix. that's like a seminar, to be honest with okay. you. But in yeah. in an it, dude, in a quick nutshell, you buy a USB microphone. REW is free, and then you run a sweep of the room, so wherever your speakers are, and you're going to get a frequency response. Now that frequency response is going to tell you one thing. It's not going to tell you everything that you need to know. Uh, similar to as to like when you're looking at a spectral decay on a speaker, you want to take a look at the waterfall of the room how long things are lingering in the room, where you might have some bass issues. Nine times out of 10, that will be the problem. Bass issues, bass problems. That will typically be the thing that you are going to be fighting. The good news is this, and this is what I wanted to get to, is try moving your speakers. Seriously, like that is the reason why I care deeply about lots. I care mm -hmm. deep, like I'm, that fixes so many of those issues. It like literally fixes it because now you're pulling away from the boundary reinforcements of the walls. The bass starts to relax quite a bit because it doesn't have that boundary reinforcement. And you're now you're getting closer to hearing what your speakers sound like because they are farther away from the boundaries. I got you. So. Yeah. So I had an interesting, I've got a new speaker in and I've had this issue or phenomena happen before upstairs. And that is 
if I have them a foot from the wall, they soundstage an image well. If I have them two feet from the wall, they don't soundstage an image at all. If I have them three feet from the wall, they soundstage an image well again. So yeah. it's almost like two feet, there's nothing. Can you explain why that is? No. <laughs> no. All right. Good enough. I remember, is it is it one of Andrew's new speakers? Who is he working for now, by the way? I've been out of the game for a while. Um, I don't know. I've heard a rumor. Do you yeah? Wanna, yeah? You want to hear That's, it? Yeah. Okay. A rumor. Okay. I have no, absolute no evidence that this is true. This okay. is a rumor, pure this speculation. Inside information. You can take it to the bank. Go. No. <laughs> no. I heard JBL. Because they have a... JBL? That's what I heard. And it was, again, how much credence you... This is... we got Disclaimer. It's what I heard. I have no evidence. The reason why they said that is because apparently JBL's speaker division is basically 20 miles from where he lives at in California. Good old um, Hollywood. And they went as far to say, because I, one of my favorite affordable speakers is the stage a one thirty from JBL. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody went as far to say is that is going away. Um, that line is going away and it's been a very popular speaker for a long time. So I found that interesting. Um, whether or not there's any truth to that, I have no idea. And again, that this is a rumor. I have not talked to Andrew nor to anybody else. The reason I bring that up, that's interesting, and that would be fascinating, is when, well, we both reviewed the, the Unify, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember the freaking model name now, UB52s. Yeah, or yeah. 5.2s. Yeah, the 5.2s. Um, yeah. And um, when we reviewed those, and when I was going through the process of Figuring those out, you know, trying them in different spots in the room, doing all the all of the things that I talk about and preach. I was practicing like where where can I get these things to really dance and open up? And I tried them like six feet in the room, five feet in the room, four feet in the room, three and a half feet in the room, three feet, two feet. Oh, wow. That sounds nice, you know, and I start talking to Andrew and he's like, yeah, I designed them to be that way. He's like, ta-da! You know, like Andrew, classic Andrew. Ta-da! Classic you know? Andrew. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's some speakers that just, I think a lot, let's get this part right, a lot has to do with your room, your dimensions, what's going on in that moment of just something just clicks, but why? Who knows, man? I think it's cool that he designed a speaker, though, that people could live with, you know, that yeah. they don't have to pull out into the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and I've heard this too coming from my patrons and this is kind of shifting gears a little bit talking about DAX. Should yeah. I get this deck? Should I get that deck? Mm. And sometimes they'll have both or the question I get is, will the, I don't know, shit Modi sound better than my internal deck in my yeah. AVR. Yeah. And I said, I don't know. But I think they have a return policy. Order it. AB for yourself. And that's the one thing. I guess that's my point. Is I think experience. Pulling your speakers. Yeah. Moving your speakers. You know, yeah. trying to trying to troubleshoot these things on our own. When we have these things in our own homes. Is yeah. half the fun of this. Yeah. And being able, like, it is not about Ron or Paul at PS Audio. Or it might me. be about Paul, let's be honest, but maybe. He did write I mean, a book. He, he did, did write, write a book. A, book. a secret, yeah. secret book about. Uh, I started writing a book and I finished one sentence in. I was like, no, nah, I'll leave this to Paul. He's got yeah. it. Paul's got it. Paul's got it. I'm not bashing on Paul. Obviously, <laughs> the guy is very successful and he's done yeah. great things for the industry and continues to do so. But yeah. he does have a Tesla coil in his office. There you go. Uh, maybe I've I've got Roctopus. Yeah, you know I don't have I don't have a Tesla coil. 
No, we we don't. It's hard to be a trophy husband, but you know what? Somebody's got to do it. So thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. I don't, I don't know. What else was I saying? Are we done? You were talking that? about, yeah. So what you were saying, and and just to emphasize, you know, kind of getting back to our roots and talking about these things. I can't say it enough, but I wish that more of my viewers, more of my subscribers, more of your viewers, more of your subscribers would start with, what can I do for free right now, right? Where can I start with free, right? Really listen to what, you know, some of these nuggets, these things that these guys have learned about value and price and things like that. You know, here's Ron, and I've been around some high, high and stuff, and I'm telling you guys, I mean, I'm, I'm literally staring at some speakers over here that are $15,000, and I'm not going to say what they are or anything like that. They're just okay. They're just okay. You know? So it's not about that. It's not, you know? And a lot of times what you end up with a lot of those speakers is just bragging rights and fancy jewelry, right? And there's That a ways... lot of people are going to say, a lot of people are going to see those in this day yeah. and age. Hey, you want to come yeah. over and look at my speakers? Come over and see my speakers, man. You know, and so you know, there's, there's and I'm not there's we shouldn't poop on that because I'm sure there's some no. fantastic, yeah, yeah. You know what? The way I see it is, if if they're listening to music and they're enjoying it, then so be it. Yeah, but um, because of our experience, and I'm not saying that knows up. I'm saying because we've literally gone through a lot of different gear what we've determined and learned is that there are some real gems out there that aren't going to break the bank, that aren't going to cost a ton of money. And so that would be a big thing. And then rounding this out to what you were just talking about with like, do I buy this deck? You know, do I buy that deck? Let's start with the question of why, like what, what are you hearing that you don't like? What are you hearing that is bothering you? Or can we be just honest with ourselves? I just want to buy something. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're troubleshooting your system and you're trying to figure something out, if you can't answer what's wrong or why, then what are you doing? Well, to you be know? fair, if you have yeah. a three, four, five hundred dollar AVR receiver, chances yeah. are the Modi is going to be it's an improvement. An improvement. On, yeah. On, sure. on, on that deck. And you probably will, we probably will hear something. But yeah. you know the interesting thing, and I think this kind of brings it back a little bit to what we started talking about earlier, is regardless of the amount of music that I discover through Tidal or Rune or whatever it is, and that is fun, I always come back to the same stuff that got me started Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. And the the thing that the when this uh, hobby got the hook into me, I mean, don't get me wrong. I listen to music all the time. I loved it. But it re when it really hooked me is when I heard those same songs that I've heard hundreds of times and I heard something different. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what is that? There's a cymbal back there or there's a tambourine or yeah, there's a harmony here. And I didn't even know that it was two people singing before. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what has always gotten me. And the great news about that is I've been able to hear that phenomenon on $300 speakers, $200 speakers and all the way up. Yeah. And at some point I don't necessarily hear Sorry, my dog's barking. It's okay. I don't even hear it. Okay. You you can barely tell it's there. Oh, are you serious? Are you <laughs> It's not? not I'm I'm joking with you cuz you always say that and it always makes me laugh. It's funny. Hanks Pomeranians, they can be a real handful. <laughs> they can be. Yeah. Um, free range, though. Yeah. And antibiotic free at this point. Really? That's what Frank is doing now? Yeah, no oh. antibiotics. And they're just better. You can tell. You can tell. Good old so Frank. Classic Frank. Classic. That's Hank. Frank's his brother. Oh. Yeah. Pardon. Frank, Frank raises genetically engineered poodles. Oh. Uh, yeah, shoots them up with steroids and everything. Has them on treadmills at an angle just to get the larger frame. Valor and DMX have have those guys, right? They yeah. bought a couple. Yeah. Frank has one thought process. Hank 
completely opposite. Yeah. All right. Anyways, what were you going to say? I don't know. Um, oh, I was going to say um, that a lot of God, my camera's not focusing. A lot of these differences, you know, are really apparent at a certain level. And then, mm. and then, you know, this is a conversation about diminishing returns. Then it, it, yes, there are still little subtle differences, but they become less and less. And I don't want this to turn into a discussion about diminishing returns because, yeah, That's I a think in a lot of, on its own. Yeah. Well, and I think in a lot of instances, you know, who am I to put value or tell you how much you should spend on a system? Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, who am I to tell you that it's just dumb to spend this? And I, I know <clears throat> initially sometimes, and I've done videos where I've said things are dumb, but usually not around. The only time I've said things are dumb is around people's perceptions of things, but I'm not here to tell you what's right for anybody. Um, obviously I focus on what I consider to be high value stuff, but if somebody listens to music 30 hours a week, and that is their thing, and that is what they love, and they can afford it, then they can buy whatever they want to buy and feel great yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think, though, that even, even at the higher end stuff, to your point, some stuff is just okay. Yeah. And there's no guarantee if you plop down five grand or 10 grand or 15 grand on a speaker that yeah. it's going to be remarkable. And how do Correct. how so how does the consumer? I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to use the word consumer. Customer, consumer kind of intimates that we're just taking, we're mindless. But a customer, how do customers figure out? Man, what is the speaker going to sound like? Am I going to like the speaker, especially in these day day and ages? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I it's something that I want to help with. I mean, honestly, that's it, is you roll up your sleeves. This is our community. It's a small community. Try to help, you know? And if you feel like, you know, you can describe what you're hearing well and you have the passion and, and the desire to do it, then that's what you do. And that's what I did. And that's what you did, right? It's like, well, I can help, you know? And our stories are different, but at the same time, they're the same, is we want to help people find enjoyment in sitting down with their buddies or without their buddies, put on a track and just find joy, you know, yeah. in that that's it. Yeah. That's it. Simple. You know, it is simple. Yeah. What do you got going coming up? <clears throat> um, I have a lot. I, I have a lot and I'm, I, so Sarah and I, we went to Arizona and we were there for Christmas break, which was awesome and wonderful and great to see everybody. It was equally awesome and wonderful to get back into Texas and to be home and to just kind of ease into the new year. And so I've been organizing my thoughts and getting ready to jump back into videos. And I feel like I got another gear in here somewhere that I'm trying to find. And it's like, OK, let's let's get ready to go. So I'm excited. Um, I'm going to be doing a shootout of the Holo Audio DAX, the May DAC, the Spring 3, the Spring 2 DAC. Um, I've got... Does the loser get thrown down a cliff? Yeah. This that's one... what we're going I don't think the guys and gals over at Holo Audio will care all that much. Like the 70s show when the car goes off the cliff and it's like, boom, boom. Here's... Hey, it will be well lit. It'll be cinematic. The kids are going to love the shots. Yeah. So I see this as a win-win if I, I decide to go that route. They're going to love it. It would be funny. You remember, like, <laughs> I don't know if it was the early 80s or early 90s. Somebody came up with this thing where there would be an explosion, but then they would show the explosion from a different angle and then a different <laughs> angle and a different yes, angle and yes. a different angle. And I remember Family Guy made fun of it. <laughs> uh, on one of the it, so they had an explosion and it happened like a dozen times it was that'd be funny if you like exploded the Maydac and from 17 different angles yeah oh man or maybe I, not i don't know just maybe, food for thought putting it out I'm, there i'm gonna run with it and then i'll ask the guys at holo audio what they think i think that's yeah. probably the best yeah. approach here yeah just ask for forgiveness later do it did you, ask for did you like it yeah yeah. Did you like it when I blew did up? Did you guys? 
<laughs> um, we're establishing roots in Texas, which is awesome. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, so, you know, for those that have been a little bit worried, like where the heck is Ron and who is this guy? It's like, no, no, no. Everything's actually been great. It's been, we've been fine. And I've, I've just been, um, rest in a season of rest and like thinking and like, okay, let's get ready to jump back into the, you know, into the review gig and, and get going again. And we have, have you been like Rocky in the barn, like in the Russian countryside? Yes. Like yes. when nobody else is going on, you're trudging through the snow. I am lifting pulleys up and down. It's why I'm wearing this big bulky sweater because I don't want you guys to see how ripped I am right now. I don't want to upset I get anybody. It, I get it. It's a it's a thing. It's a thing. I mean, yes. No, actually, uh, quite the opposite. I've been drinking a lot of coffee and just hanging out and writing notes and thinking about what I want to do next. Um, but speaking are of you changing, are you changing the channel? Like, are we doing Kangaroo Brothers finally? Yeah. Cats out of the bag. Kangaroos yeah, got, out of the bag. That's you it. Got all the permitting. Permitting. Um, no, but <laughs> we, we, my wife and I have decided we're going to build a studio listening room dedicated. So, speaking of listening rooms and fancy pants listening rooms that nobody needs, but we're going to do well, it. I mean, Nobody does need nobody needs a thousand dollar amplifier either. No. Um yeah, I, I I'm I'm excited and my wife actually is encouraging it. And so when your wife encouraged is something like that, then you do it. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm not okay. I'm thinking about doing the same thing. Because I no, listen, you you've been in my upstairs, right? Remember those double doors behind you? You got to do a floating floors? floor. You got to do a room within a room, floating floor, vibrations free. Yeah. Well, you just took it. I was just thinking about putting uh, drywall up, paint, and then, you know, having a room. But I'll have you over. But those double doors that were behind, you know, the, the regular upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to... Uh, and I call it a theater room, but it's really not going to be. Really, what it's going to be is an you area. You sound like an idiot right now. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm fully in. Gene over Gene DeSeliarosis um, yeah. over at uh, uh, Audio. <laughs> Speaking of being ripped, yeah. James, yeah. Gene's, <laughs> Gene's like. <laughs> Have you. Listen, cables, <laughs> cables don't matter, Ron. I took this audio quest cable and uh, put it to the <laughs> test. Has anybody seen my medial deltoid? Before anybody gets upset, I I like Gene a lot. We, yeah, Gene's we, cool, man. I talk we talk enough on Facebook. This is all in good fun. He's not going to be upset by this. So don't he go to be. Audioholic saying, you wouldn't believe what Randy was doing. He'd be a mean to you. Like Gene's not It's a care. compliment. The guy's ripped. He's, <laughs> he's ripped. I yeah. mean. I yeah. like it, but you the, said that he's old. I'm not saying he's old. He's like older, probably than us. You disgust me. Uh, well, <laughs> bring it over. I'm I'll, I'll flex in front of you. Oh yeah. Um. So so I called a theater room, but really what it is is my wife's like, yeah, you should do that. And the reason why is because of all of this that is going yeah. on in here. She's like, take that. Put that away from when people walk into the house and get it away from me. Yeah. Do your thing right. up there. Right. So it's funny that you say that because I think that's exactly what has happened. That's I think that's why my wife is encouraging well, when, it. Because when I walked into your house and like you have like your, your the, Ames, Ames chair sat back and you're like and you got all and it's a nice room and you're like, Yeah, Sarah just let me have this. I'm like really because yeah. this is kind of the center point of the house she and, wants uh, it she wants it back yeah she, she she wants yeah so you put in it out back in a storage container yes no we yeah no shipping we have container. no um shipping containers are being pulled out we have two 40 foot shipping containers that are being pulled out and then we are going to build from the ground up like a legit 
Are you adding on to the house or it be a separate structure? Structure, Sep Separate structure with its own air conditioning and heating and the whole nine yards. And I think I'm going to get plumbing out there just to add the value, you know. So What about yeah. just a bucket? Or a bucket. Orange bucket from Home Depot? It's Texas, so I'm sure that's probably within no. code. Like, they're going to be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, do the Go whole, bucket. like, uh, what yeah. do they call it? Like, uh, they call them like grandpa suites or grandma suites or something like that, where it's kind of like almost like a little one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. It has a kitchen and everything. You should do that. And then yeah. you do it. Then, like, you can be like, I got to go work. And then you just go mm -hmm. over there and make a pizza and sit on the couch with your yeah. shirt off. Yeah. As I normally do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what's new in our world. And this will be being unpacked as things progress. So I'm excited. Are you going to do man. videos? Like you should do videos along the way. For like, sure. Hey, here's the room. For sure. This is what I'm thinking about doing. Videos and, uh, will start as the things are being, I, I can't wait until they dry, drag out these giant 40 foot containers because there's a carport balcony above it. And, and they're like, well, yeah, we got to get bulldozers and drag them out. So I'll, I'll do the whole beginning to end all of it. So paving it all out and laying down. How long do you think four to 48 weeks <laughs> somewhere in there. Somebody asked me that. Uh, it was a, it was kind of a nasty comment and somebody said something about that. Some, anyway, it was a snarky comment and I said, yes, I can get to that in, in four to 48 weeks that I totally used one of your classic lines. Ron, classic Ron four to 48 weeks. No, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm excited for you, man. When that when is that starting for you? When are you You know, you it could start anytime. I actually last week hired a dumpster because we've been here for going on almost 10 years. Yeah. And over that time frame with as many people as we have in the house and you know as the kids grow, clothes, shoes, everything, furniture. And so I'm like, I'm done. Ordered up a 20-yard dumpster that brought it over here, and I just just threw stuff into yeah. there. Old boxes, stuff we weren't using anymore, and yeah. stuff that nobody would use, really. Couches yeah. that were just ripped to shreds. Yeah. So if I do another round of that, like now that, I mean, you've seen my that attic area. Almost yeah. all of that's gone now. Actually, wow. I pulled, I had some theater chairs that I pulled into the upstairs now. So there's no couches. All those old couches are gone. Yeah. There's a few theater chairs in there. Yeah. And it's already framed out. It already has electricity. So I'm thinking the only thing it needs is, you know, drywall taped and bedded. And then uh, we have to run some type of ventilation to it. Um, yeah. And then that's really it. And then just paint and carpet or whatever we want. So I don't you think it would take too long. I'm excited, man. Yeah. You want to come over and do it? I was about to say, like, why don't we do this? Why don't we surprise your wife later today? Wait till she's home. Let's just take a sledgehammer to a wall and be like, hey, we're getting started. Yeah. It's uh, this, what do they call the that? Right, the... Was this the right wall? I We don't we, we're not. What do they call coming that? down? The uh, Chip and Joanna, right? They had that yeah. the, the demolition <laughs> day. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Ron just walks in, no shirt, suspenders, <laughs> sledgehammer. Yeah, hey, Jessica, we're starting demo day, and then just put it right through a mirror. <laughs> she would love it. I think she would. Be, uh, she'll probably make sandwiches and cookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she'll be like, yeah. "Thank you for coming and smashing my mirrors." Yeah, seven yeah. years bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a winner. This one's a win, and they kicked the the speaker stand out of it. That Ron and I, yeah. that's an inside joke it about is. like listening to a speaker and then just being stupid and like liking it and then just kicking it over. I don't know why you'd kick over a speaker that you like, but I thought yeah. it was funny. This one's a winner. All right, man. Oh, it feels so good to be back. We got to do this. Let's let's kick it. You know, we. I don't know. Maybe once a week. Once a week. Yeah, let's Something do it. Like Once a, a lot of people, a lot of people have reached out saying, "Hey, we miss that. We miss you guys." Three hundred sixty-five podcasts this year, just every day. 
You've been cheating on me with British audiophile and all these other bozos. Like they he's know cool, man. He's so he's cooler than all of us. Let's just get this part right. He yeah. is cooler, way cooler than all of us combined. You know what I loved about that interview is everything. Like, everything. Well, he, he was talking about objective measurements versus subjectivity, and yeah. he said, "Listen, I never in my dreams thought that." I would be saying these things that I'm saying about, yeah. you know, subjective listening and things. And yeah. it was, and I would tend to believe him because of the, the accent. Yeah. Um, so you sound like you're from London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh forgetting Sarah Marshall. All right. Nailed it. Nailed um, it. Dude. Have you seen hall pass? No. <laughs> have you seen I'll have to check Future? it out? It's on Netflix. I'll... Hall okay. pass And, uh, it's it, Jason Sudeikis is in it, and he's oh, hilarious. One of my favorites. And, and then uh, Bad Teacher. That's got okay. Um, both very good. Sorry, not really it's germane okay. to audio. But all right, well, we're all on, right. Take uh, us home. Yeah, take I don't us know. Home. We're on all the podcast things. So if you're new here, subscribe to us. That's about it, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs> all right. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you in the next episode. It's good to be back.